Well, hello, everybody. I am Tom, and this is another episode of the Tell Me About Your Tech Job podcast. And today I have another former student, a IST and Saluki alum, Alan, who is going to talk to us about how he uh, be, became, uh, kind of started his career off, second career? Or, or yeah, you know, um, so basically, let's introduce yourself. Sure. Tell us, tell us your name, tell us where you're from, <laughs> what you like to do sure. for fun. First. Uh, my name is my name is Alan Wickard. I am a I am a graduate of the for, former ISAT division of IT over at SIU in Carbondale, and I'm a 2014 alum. Uh, and this would have been my second degree. Uh, within the realm of IT, uh, focusing in on network security and administration. And along the way, met one, many wonderful folks such as Tom and Mr. Jim Sism himself. I have to kind of, Shout out. kind of plug him in there a little bit. But yeah, it's it. And I was just telling Tom that, um, you know, hey, it's been May, it's been almost 10 years since I've set forth through the halls of the uh of the uh labs and everything else and it's been it's been a strange trip yeah (laughs) (laughs) well i appreciate you taking the time to talk to us um i always like talking to and hearing what our 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 grads are up to and they're always great to catch up with and they tell us a lot of stuff they're great friends of the program so appreciate having you on here so so, Alan, before you started, um, you are from Chicago, right? I mean, I, we see the, I mean, I, I'm a Cardinals fan. I'm a Blues fan. That's okay. Uh, That's I, okay. I've never held that. I've never held that against you. I know. Even I know. being a Blues fan in itself. I mean. I know. I mean, you had to win one hot, uh, one Stanley Cup, at least in your lifetime. So. I wish my dad could have seen it, but that's that's <laughs> all right. Um, so, you're, you grew up in Chicago and. How did you uh, how did you make your way into to the IT IST program at the time? What I mean, you were doing something different before, correct? Oh, sure, yeah. So, um, just to kind of give a little bit of a backstory, um, I've always been uh, I've been always been involved or love my love of computers have always has been. Uh, from an enthusiast enthusiast standpoint, uh, my my um, uncle, who was also my godfather, um, back in 1979, um, introduced me to the wonderful realm of computers when uh, he had his uh, Radio Shack uh, Tandy series computer, and eventually had the um, Commodore VIC-20, and that was my first hand-me-down computer. Okay. So back in the dark, dark ages of computing and technology, here I am with, uh, you know, memory memory slots that were the size of Super Nintendo cartridges. Okay. And uh, having to run everything from a uh, command prompt of sorts back at that time. And my love of computers has was always there. Um, and I had my first stab, so to speak, uh, back with college um, back in the early 90s when um, I went to Trenton College over in River Grove, Illinois. And then, um, you know, we were still in the fun dark ages of AS400 and Fortran and, uh, you know, star, star ring topologies and all that fun stuff. Um, but life happened and, you know, my uh, journey, so to speak, um, moved on and I had to, you know, put my passion and my dreams on the side. And I became like your normal, typical blue collar worker and everything, working different uh, jobs and everything. And before the uh, Great Recession in 2008, um, I was a, uh, I worked for a 
local electrical uh, distributor called Steiner Electric in Elk Grove Village, Illinois. And I was in the warehouse doing all sorts of stuff. I And I had been with them for like 10 years. And well, during that time, you know, companies were starting to go different directions. They were laying people off and stuff like that. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, I was a victim uh, during that time. And, you know, as things, you know, kind of seemed bleak and uh, kind of dark and everything to a point, uh, you know, my, my wife and I, you know, she had went to high school in Christopher, Illinois. Okay. And, you know, we were like, well, you know, let's move down there for, you know, necessity and everything else. And let's try to hit the old proverbial reset on everything and go, you know, get yourself a, get yourself an education. And so that's where I, again, IT and computing and everything else became natural to me. And... I decided, well, hey, let's go for it. So I went to Renly College, and I was a, uh, in, I guess I would be considered non-traditional back then too. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was part of all that influx of people, you know, starting again and starting over back in, you know, 2009 and everything. And IT was just on that cusp, that bubble for just bursting with the need for just about anyone and everything. So went to Runlay College and I graduated from them in May of 2011. Okay. Um, with my associates in um, IT with uh, my concentration being an IT support specialist. SIE was not a on the thought was not a thought for me at that time because you know i thought well hey i'll get a degree you know with the occupational certificates and everything else that came along with that degree and i thought okay well i'm gonna go see you know get my butt back into chicago and everything else and um i saw for the jobs that i was trying to go for at the time they all wanted a bachelor's degree of some sort and you know i was just having a real rough time with it and all and everything else so you know i talked with my wife again and we, and i came to the conclusion and decision that hey what's a few extra years so went to rolled into siu as a transferring student Still non-traditional, obviously, of course. And that's where, you know, people like Bell and yourself and Jim and Brad. And, yeah, there's probably a lot of new faces there, too. There's a few. But um, they uh, all got introduced by this wave of influx of non-traditional students, such as myself. And, you know... You know, and I could tell at the time that there was kind of like, hmm, are they actually for real? Are they legit? Or, you know, they would know what are these guys, what are these guys up to that are coming here after just come getting their associate's degree and whatever? And, you know, with myself and the other, the few others that made it over, um, you know, we you know, we kind of left our little mark in some way, shape, or form, and uh, you know, pursued and uh, got our our bachelor's degree in science through SIU, and overall had an had, a, had an inter interesting experience to say the least. Not only within the ISAT program in itself, but then all those with all those other fun electives and going to all the different other buildings and and stuff like that too so it was it, all in all it was a great experience and everything and i've always wanted to um give back to siu that's given me something in itself and cool. wanted to also uh 
for the betterment of, I want to always be able to uh, met, be a mentor and also try to, you know, guide these these uh, young minds. The next generation. Them because the the reality is, is that when, and a lot of people don't real, realize is that when you get into uh, the world of IT outside of college and from the little experience what you get, whether you're working through the service desk, go um, down in the basement over there, or uh, you know, doing whatever else uh, on campus, or even through your, uh, I, don't th I think you guys still probably do uh, internships and stuff yeah, like that. Lots of internships. But, yeah, but I mean, it's still a lot of, you know, it, it comes back to, you know, that real world experience and Important. that, that uh, guidance and leadership that, you know, you just do not know what the heck is going on because most people will, I think, will agree that, you know, hey, I'll get my degree or and maybe some certifications along the way. And then, you know, you know, set me up in a network closet and I'm going to go ahead and uh, have, you know, and I'm just going to be doing this and that and I'll have no other interactions and stuff. And, uh, you know, not that, usually the case. That's not usually the case. And then, you know, you have to start dealing with, uh, you know, those one-on-ones, those uh, meetings that you have uh throughout the day and throughout the week and and then you still have to be able to uh juggle and multitask and do your um requ required daily duties and then some either yeah. on on out on or off hours yeah and you know that's where you know i learned quickly the hard way of of course but um you know that that's just me. I always it always comes. I learned the hard way, and then all of a sudden, you know, the little hamster wheel starts spinning, and it's like, oh, okay. You know, so this is how I'm supposed to do things, and this is how it's supposed to work. Okay. Well, I wish I had known that now, but and, you know, and, trial and, that, and error. <laughs> and that's and that's why I like having having folks on so they can share some of their wisdom. So some of the folks who some of the students who, who either watch this as part of class or, or whoever, whoever ends up seeing this maybe can can get some of that from you and maybe not have to learn it the hard way once, you know, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll see. Yeah, yeah you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's easier to, you know, you know, if, if, if you had the little uh, uh, cheat sheet or the, uh, you know, guide for dummies and everything, you know, I would probably be the best person to, <laughs> all right so you non-traditional student and, and like you said back at that time there were a lot of non-traditional students we had a lot of folks um, a lot of uh, vets um, who had come in after serving who were making use of some of their benefits so there was a you know this and 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 you started when I was a couple of years into teaching so I was I was learning how to teach and learning about uh, uh, you know quite a bit as as you were learning about it uh, the, the, the pro as you were going through the program so sure. um you finished the program and you've done quite a bit since then and almost almost 10 years since then um yeah. spent some time back in chicago if i see you correctly um right. what did you do so you, you you always love computing you always have had an interest and you mentioned a couple of the old technologies that you know predates you know my first was a 486 so you know <laughs> the first the first that i that i had but my my neighbors and in school and stuff they had some of the old apples that were fun to play with um mm -hmm. but but uh but but yeah so there's you know i'm looking at your resume and you've been you've just been doing a ton of different things since you graduated and um short-term projects, longer-term projects, you've been in a, in a contract role. Um, today, you have a, a role we'll talk about, but maybe tell us, you know, when you, when you first started after graduating, you were working as a, as a contractor in, a, in a, a several different spots for maybe like... Right. What, what right. was... Did you get in, into, like, uh, did you get hired from a contracting company? 
and then no. they were replacing you or you just were found? No. So what happened was, is that uh, shortly after, um, I, after I was done with uh, SIU um, and I was putting out my feelers for stuff um, out in the Chicago area as well, but um, I, I had my first post uh, job was I worked for the Murfreesboro School District mm -hmm. and they needed somebody that was kind of part-time-ish to a degree to serve the school district and also uh, uh, also all the schools and everything else around there. And so I was always taught and I was also always thought that you should always have a Swiss Army knife type tool set in your IT belt because you always should never always plan to get into information technology and say, well, I am going to be um, a security analyst. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be a network engineer and I'm going to do this and that. You have to be able to adapt and diversify and be able to do many things on many levels, no matter how grand of a scale it is or how redundant and remedial and everything else. And so that's why I went, um, I went over to Murfreesboro School District for a little bit. And um, the school district wanted the, um, they really loved, they really loved me. I loved them, but uh, they could not afford to, you know, hire me or hire me on full time mm -hmm. and be a district employee. And then that's when I started to go back elsewhere and I had landed myself um, at, a, at a job as a service desk agent for uh, a company that's kind of like an MSP. Okay. Um, and they and their and the contract that they were working with and I was to work on was uh, with Caterpillar, and so you know it was you know having a learning learn right off the bat you know uh, tick you know a ticketing system that I've never even seen or heard of which um, was at the time it was a BMC Remedy. Still gives me the chills uh, <laughs> having to use a ticketing system like that. But it was what turned me off. And see, this is where you get to you get to try, and then you get to not only with the skills that you learn, but then also adapt. What do you like? What do you not like? Uh, what works? What works for you? And so I, you know, it just wasn't a good fit. Um, you know, I having to do 40 plus uh calls or cases a day on a minimum and having to, you know, time limits and 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 being really bogged down by, you know, oh, when can I when can I go to lunch? When am I allowed to go to the bathroom? And you know, just stuff like that, you know, just that those type of time constraints and limits and everything else was really was um what just wasn't me but you know taking these but that i took whatever job i could get and so they saw a lot of different uh projects either short long permanent um whatever and you know it was just whatever through different staffing agencies such as uh, uh like robert half for example um tech systems is another big one yeah, yeah, and um, and right now that's where the uh, industry is uh, unfortunately going. It's not a lot of permanent positions that are going to be exclusively with uh, a company. You're going to be contracting. There's a lot of contracting that's going on, and I know we've seen some really big companies that have shifted their their IT strategy to 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 
to put those dollars into one of the giant contractors to manage all the day-to-day stuff and and yeah. uh, and for better or for worse i i think you're right there's there is going to be more of that um you talked about a couple of things that i think are important to point out ticketing systems you know you getting i, I you know i i had several different positions where i was doing help desk stuff uh either phone or as a receive the call and then be dispatched to you know the location for for the help um and, and I think that's an invaluable uh, experience to have if, if, you, if you're able to, because it makes you really see what the end user is uh, kind of ex- is going through. I mean, there's yes, a level of You're getting to experience live in real time, whatever the severity of the, the severity of whatever is going on. Mm-hmm. You know, whether so and then having to learn how to multitask and decipher the priority, you mm-hmm. know, triage the priority being, OK, you know, executive VP camp printing versus, you know, a system outage and both are at high levels. Which one do you deal with first? Yeah. You know, that that's also a little uh job question that some people might get if you ever uh, interview and but, uh, yeah and and that's a that's a good point and and different people will say well you should definitely deal with the system outage first but maybe that vp thinks he's more important who knows yeah. but um learning those types of things prioritization uh documentation using a ticketing system you know ticketing systems in a lot of it of, of it shops are the kind of the main tool for how to figure out what you're supposed to be doing from one day to the next. Um, well, it's and- all, well, it's also the case. It's also the case. It's also the, to be able to, um, you know, justify in a lot of different forms from uh, analysis of not only the, the individual itself that's performing the IT task, but then also the metrics of what's going on. Right. It, within the organization on a daily basis as well. Yep. To knowing. justify the cost, because we are a cost. Yeah. In most cases, now. in most cases, yes, IT is a cost center and not a revenue generator, but yep. not all of them. Um, so, so you've you've done quite a few different things, and you've picked up um, a lot of different tools and technologies you've been able to work with over the course of these uh, the years after you graduated. Um, from SIU. And so maybe tell us um, one more job that you really enjoyed before telling us what you're up to today. One of the roles that you really particularly enjoyed and why you liked that one. Ah, uh, so uh, I think the I think the best overall in general position that I worked was with Verizon. Okay. And I see for you were a senior, reason, senior engineer. Yes. I mean, for some reason, it was, it, it had all the combustible elements of a um, love-hate relationship, <laughs> drama, uh, horror movie, uh, anxiety. I mean, you name it, it had it. And it was nonstop. And it's not for, it wasn't for everybody. Sure. Um, so the stuff that I really loved about it was, you know, the camaraderie, the relationships that you form with uh, people that are higher up, that are VP, um, to those people that are working in the, which I dealt with. In the retail stores that are selling the phones, the plans, the services, all the technologies behind everything, um, if you know, getting to do a lot more than just IT-related things, you're doing, you know, like for example, there, you know, if there was a run of uh, a remodel or a re- uh, relocation of a store or whatever, you know, and I had over. Oh, good gosh. I had 30, 
two sites with throughout the Chicago area that I had to deal with. Okay. And that, and that was including, uh, you know, secret locations and stuff like that. But then also there was, I uh, also had to support two business offices on top of it and that data center for that business office. And, you know, one minute I could be in office, you know, the next moment I'm driving 70 miles or so one way to deal with a crisis, whatever that might be, at a uh, at a Verizon retail store. Okay. And having to deal with and putting out fires um, while in office, when I'm not in office, and and so I I got to. I got to learn a lot of different, I got not only to learn, but to experience a lot of different things that you can't, you just, you can't put a price on. And, and, and I'm looking through your, your resume, you, in, in this particular spot, you're talking about Cisco voice over IP, Macintosh computers, hardware, data backup and recovery coordination, asset disposal and redeployment, printers, pr troubleshooting, computer flat platforms, all sorts of different things that you were responsible <laughs> for. Almost anything yeah. you could probably think of. Spare parts, executive support, audio video support. So you were kind of in one of those roles and it's in, and I've been in, in similar roles where you, you're responsible for anything that gets asked of you. You know, there's yeah. no, no technology off limits. Uh, no. You may, you, you've got, usually you've got your you know, your escalation path, if it's something truly beyond what you have the, either the, the knowledge or the, uh, even sometimes it's the permission, right? Yeah. The, yeah. For example, um, you know, if they have, you know, like if, uh, you know, I remember having to be at, um, like, for example, at one time I had to be at a, at a, one of the, I worked my full eight hours, but then I had to go home, quickly go to sleep, then get back up to be back at the business office by uh by, by midnight. Gosh. To do a uh RMA uh on a on a networking device with the uh not team and and RMA that product and have that ready to go, then be home. Like and I remember I got home at like about two in the about two two thirty in the morning and then i had to be back and i had to work the next day and be doing it all over again at eight in the morning eight in the morning yeah yeah you know, and, and those were days where you know just like well you're the be all end all yeah right. you gotta do it and 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 that's that can be that can be something that's not that not everybody's up for you know having having that that level of uh expectation placed on you you know, a lot of people uh, like to have a job that when they leave for the day, they don't think about work and their phone's mm -hmm. not going to ring about work. And there's, there's definitely something to be said for that. Um, but it's not, you know, it's not every, not, not every job out there lets you have that, that uh, level of disconnect, um, especially if you're, you know, a support person and the business sure. is 24 seven and they've got, you know, stuff running 24 seven. So so I can I can understand and relate to that, but um, I imagine it was a, a very dynamic place to work with all the the different products and new technologies that came and and went as uh, the Verizon wireless um, services changed and oh, yeah. different smartphones and all that type of stuff. I imagine was cool to be. Oh, there. it's it's not just the it's not just the phones itself. It was the uh... Network and implementation uh, from a from not only um, their uh, business uh, internet services, but then also, you know, you have to realize they have they were just getting into five G, okay, and also five um, G home broadband and everything, and they were marketing and selling that out to uh, and everything else, and I got to see and work with. You know, now work to an extent, but I got to see a lot of different things from an engineering behind the scenes uh, standpoint 
when they were making the switch from 4G LTE over to 5G and 5G ultra wideband. Okay. And and what all that in, encompassed and entailed, you know, such as you know up going back up to you know those people having to go up to the cell towers and and the having to reprogram and reroute uh, uh, Sienna mo modules and routers and and you know the different types of um, and uh, 5G networking antennas and whatnot and you know it just it was it was a blitzkrieg I think I'm gonna put it like that it was a blitzkrieg of just pow 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 this is it. it this is what you know we're you're gonna get to experience and we're gonna give you all the information and knowledge and everything else in the background drinking from the fire hose yeah pretty much cool so today you uh like many many people have a remote job uh yes and and you are you don't have to tell us specifically who but you work for an insurance company yes i work for a major uh nationwide uh insurance company that's um it is uh which aff afforded me the luxury to work remotely um so my home base is louisville kentucky okay i can work anywhere the end. i got an internet and and a quiet place to be and there i go and and uh you know i, I think <clears throat> we, we can't can't forget that maybe COVID had something to do with oh yeah all these oh yeah and I experienced that firsthand even while I was at Verizon and the the dynamic and sh uh, shift of it all too so okay um, because now most com companies are going away from the uh, traditional office space with cubicle thing cubicle and they're farms. going towards hybrid or just fully remote mm -hmm. and you know co that pandemic has really changed a lot of things in in a lot of major metropolitan cities throughout the United States. And, you know, it's also given us uh, a better reflection of our work life uh, balances and what do we want yeah. out, out of life. And, you know, I was, and when I, before I took this current position, um, I had just gone through, you know, two two deaths in my family, one with my sister in 2020, and then eventually my mother uh, from Alzheimer's in 2021. And after I closed shop and I got everything back down, I moved down to uh, Southern Illinois region for, uh, so I'm kind of considering this my uh second tour of duty so to speak um <clears throat> uh what what basically um you know i took a little bit of time for bereavement and just to get myself together and whatnot and you know I, along came this opportunity through a um third-party contractor um to um work for this major uh, health insurance company that I currently am with and it was originally slated well like depending on the scope and the nature of the product project um we'll probably only need you for about three to six months and I'm like well you know what all right fine whatever at least I get to be at home and then well three months went to six six went to a year and I'll clear now. Right now, I'm currently uh, over a year and a half into this uh, project, and it's a very it's part of the software development life cycle, um, rationalizing technology and uh, software management uh, throughout the enterprise 
And basically we are, and what I am doing is um, after all the research of, I think it was like over 4,000 software titles, what was going to be allowed? What wasn't going to be allowed? So your, your company did an inventory using <laughs> like an automatic, and, and this is common. There's lots of like oh, uh, yeah. management tools that can help you do an inventory of what assets uh, have right. on them. So you, right. they, did a, they did an inventory and found 4,000 different unique software titles? Right. So there was over 4,000 4, uh, software titles in the wild. Uh, we're talking both Windows, Mac OS, and Linux. Um, and then it was, okay, what do you, what do, based on role-based access and job titles and descriptions, which then you get into uh, PAM or Privilege Access Management. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you need? What's needed for the business to run on a daily basis? And what and what are we going to allow? What are we not going to allow? Okay, cool. So we did all the research. We you know spreadsheets galore and everything else and then it came down to well now it's time to uh upgrade uh any system any system software titles that need to be upgraded to be up to up to snuff so to speak and then um the other is just you know getting rid of a lot of the uh um old outdated software or software works that's not going to be allowed anymore and and, and so, I'm, gu- I'm guessing probably a lot of that is stuff that maybe somebody used and then they haven't well, used it and maybe they 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 just hadn't thought of uninstalling it or or if you're oh, just no, it's, it even goes further of uh you know at the at the time you know what they used to be able to you know half put on whatever they wanted and you know those times have changed of course yeah and um so like for example i um you know somebody you know they used that there were uh dell workstations that had uh dell support assist on them that's a no-no uh even the os even this something is which we you know as less it people would take for granted osd controls on screen display uh, you know, we're, we'll gladly, you know, putts with the buttons on the back or the bottom of the monitor, but, you know, there are people that, you know, rather point and click and choose their display re- refresh rates and other stuff. Well, that's a no-no too. And so you get a lot of that and a lot of freeware, you know, that you might experience or get through, you know, other sources like uh github and sourceforge and oh yeah yeah and then you you got and then you got to block administratively and mm-hmm. and everything else so we're, we're going through the so right now we are in a very long phase of um for part two of getting everything pretty much um installed uninstalled um work and it's not just regular users' workstations, but it's also uh, VMs, servers, um, and stuff like that. And you know, and you're limited by, and then you got the X factor, humans. You know, we have to work with their schedule, and mm-hmm. when they're, you know, they're they could be on uh, PTO for maternity leave, or they could be. Uh, you know, or whatever the case may be, and we got to work with these schedules and and everything else. And you know, there there's a lot of variables and everything else. So I'm experiencing right now the um, kind of like the uh, overall software development life cycle of a lot of software titles and from start to finish and the cleanup of keeping a repository of you know, what's current and then minus one, you know, that might, you know, that we know still works and we have a, we have a plan B in case something gets a little wonky. 
Yeah, because so, because sometimes sometimes in an enterprise organization, you may have things tweaked a certain way, and mm-hmm. and 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 sometimes that newest version of I know at, at at one place I worked when Internet Explorer six came out or seven, <laughs> I think it one of the two. When one of those came out, it no yeah. longer worked with this extremely important home headquarters internal web tool that was business critical. And so, you know, I was, I told everybody, I, I mean, not told everybody, but I said through WSUS, every, every machine's getting an upgrade. Everybody's getting the new internet explorer, right? We're going to be secure. We're going to keep all these updates, but I neglected to, uh, to, to have, I guess, a, a, a comprehensive enough testing plan that mm-hmm. I missed something. So it ended up, you know, we had to go uninstall and reinstall the old version on a handful of machines. And and that's, you know, par for the course in, in some circumstances. Oh, yeah. And plus every um, every uh, house has their own way of, uh, well, like you just said, doing things and whatnot. But then, you know, because they always put their own wrapper um, on that piece of software, which, hey, just like Zoom, you know, that we're, you know, that we're talking right now on, um, you know, you have that piece of wrapper, you know, with uh, all the settings and everything mm-hmm. else within an XML file or whatnot, um, or even through PowerShell scripting, Pretty you know, good. that's going to uh, take you know, we're going to, we're going to put their flavor on everything. Yep. Neat. So you're enjoying what you do and you're working from home. You're, you're, you've got a good work-life balance and, and, uh, and I'm glad to, I'm glad to see you uh, enjoying what you're doing and you've accomplished a lot since you have gotten your degree from the IST program in 2014. So I'm proud to, proud to have you on here and i'm i'm glad to see it i'm glad to see it yeah i i mean i'm glad i'm happy myself that uh you know it's been it's been a long time you know because you know every time i see my facebook feed of uh pictures and stuff like that from that uh, i had taken while i was at siu you know it brings it's a little nostalgic and i've always been like man, I kind of miss that, you know, you know, those, you know, those classes of, uh, of, you know, playing with Kali Linux for the first time and, and everything (laughs) else. And it's, you know, and, and, and and some of the uh, characters uh, from the, you know, that I met that were traditional students Mm -hmm. uh, that I still have uh, connections with uh, to this day that I've, seen these uh young men grow uh grow up into and young ladies uh, the men that they are now and yeah. you know make me feel a little bit older you know <laughs> and <laughs> it's it, it's it's a great feeling to um you know to be a part of the saluki family yeah and I, I have gone through the um gone through everything that i did with siu awesome all right so I have five questions to close out that are kind of uh, rapid fire, fun little questions. So are you ready? I was born ready. What's your favorite kind of food, restaurant, cuisine, any place? You're down, let's, let's talk about Southern Illinois. What do you like down here in Southern Illinois? Favorite restaurant? Oh, you know what? I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to pass on that one because I don't have a favorite yet. Okay. How I, about your favorite Chicago pizza? All right. Chicago pizza. Number one, Lou Malnati's. Okay. Uh, that butter crust is the best. I, I'm sorry because every time I try having pizza down here, you know, it's just not the same. It's not the same. And 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 my wife, when we were in college, worked at, we, we lived across the street from the Lou Malnati's on Wrightwood. And uh, okay. she was a, she was a waitress there for a few years. So I ate my my share and whenever we <laughs> whenever we get back up north we go to Pequod's first and then Lou Malnati's second so. okay well I mean Pequod's eh, but yeah I get it 
<laughs> All right. Any books, movies, TV shows, podcasts that you are enjoying currently or want to recommend? Well, besides this podcast that I am enjoying, I, uh, shameless plug, I, um, <laughs> I am uh, enjoy, uh, podcast wise. I I will listen to um, when I when I think of it. Uh, uh, Two Bears in a Cave with uh, Burt Kreischer. Okay. And um, as far as uh, television, I am <sighs> there's just so much stuff out there right now being bundled at me through the yeah. streaming services. But I still like watching uh, Chicago Fire, Chicago PD. Um, there's that new, uh, one that I'm still waiting to, uh, I'm still wanting to check on, uh, Apple, Apple TV, um, that's World War II based. Uh, I, side note, I, I am a big history buff. Okay. Always have been. And I always, I'm always enthralled in, in, uh, U.S. history. Cool. Yeah, yep. so. a lot of stuff out there in that realm. My son, my son's really into history as well. He's he spends a lot of time watching the Gold Rush series. Oh, when, nice. Uh, when they're mining up in Alaska and other stuff like that. So, <laughs> all right. Is there an area of technology that you are interested in learning more about, either for personal or for work? Ah, uh, yes, actually, uh, there's there's a it's a two it's a two headed. Uh, response that I'm going to give you. Okay. One, coding. Coding is now starting to become uh, the hottest thing that an IT professional will have to know at some point in time. And when I'm not talking about just running and creating a, a simple batch file, I'm talking about, you know, we're working with uh, Python, Python scripts and stuff. Yeah. And Python and PowerShell. Everything else. And and even having to write up maybe something simple in C++, you know, it, you know, you know, Java has kind of gone dead from, you know, as, as far as a programming language. So um, there's a lot to first, choose from. There's a lot of different programming and scripting languages right, to choose and from I today. Still, and I still have, uh, I still have my community version of uh, Visual Studio on my uh, main rig. So you know, I'm learning, I'm putzing with that as we speak. And um, the second area that I really want to get into, and I'm just fascinated about is cybersecurity. Of course. Yeah. And the reason why is because it's so, it, and I, I would rather do, and I would love to do the uh, penetration testing within and become a white, ethical white hat. Uh, because I the the stuff that's going on in the world with ransomware, um, you know, the data breaches, the phishing, and everything else. It's just it's crazy, and it can't. And and from mom and pa's uh, uh, down the down the street to the Department of Defense can't get enough. Yeah. And it's and it's so rapid, you know, it changes the technologies that are, you know, that you talk about in your classes now, you know, change at a at a dime within six months, six months to a year, uh, with everything else what's out there yep. and what's going on. Um, yeah, that's my second one that I kind of want to get into. There's tons. Tons of ways to get out into that. Lots of stuff out there now. Lots of lots of resources. Um, and you know, we talk about changing technology. I think about a year ago, we started hearing about ChatGPT and OpenAI and and all this stuff. And Sky man, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Last question: If you could retire today and do anything you want, what would you do? Money is no object. Money is no object. Well, then uh, it's simple. I am traveling. And I'm experiencing different cultures. I am, uh, I am just, you know, life is like a beach. You know, I, <laughs> I am, I am going all over the world. I'm all different cultures. Doesn't matter the, uh, the city, the country, whatever. It is living life to its fullest. And um, 
while giving back and trying to put put a little bit of an imprint in life uh, to, you know, say, hey, Alan was here, stamp. Awesome. (laughs) Perfect note to wrap up. Thank you very much for your time, Alan. It's been great catching up with you. Had a lot of good things to say today. And uh, really, oh, before to before we forget, uh, one last thing that I am uh, working on. Oh, yes, I'm glad. Yes. Thank you. Sorry, sorry. Yes. I'm, I'm gonna have. Um, I'm gonna you're have to. to you're uh, trying to get. I, I'm like, man, I'm waiting to plug this. I'm oh gosh, all right. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to cut the 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 audio and then move it so that this is before the end. Okay, sure. Yeah, no problem. All right. Well, tell us tell us your announcement. My big announcement is I am working with a former uh, co-worker that I work with at Verizon in the Chicagoland area, and we are forming an MSP for small to medium-sized businesses and organizations along with the home, home user, and it's called Black Mirror Technology. I started, um, it's, I'm working with a wonderful fellow named Giuseppe Romita. Um, he's, he's with me on LinkedIn and he's serving as the CEO and president. And I am currently giving myself the title of chief technology officer at Black Mirror Technology. And what types of things are you going to be doing? Uh, we have different partners uh, that we are working with that are all local um, within the Chicago area that are, you know, if we just can't get to it or we can't handle it because of manpower, and of course, and whatnot, you know, we do have, um, we do have our, um, we do have our valuable partners out there and some of the biggest hurdles and the the newest challenges that I'm learning about uh, is about being an entrepreneur and also being uh, and also uh, what it takes to start a business okay. in 2024. And awesome. let me tell you, it's not easy. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, that's exciting. So I'll get some. I'll, I'll have to get some links from you so I can share them with the podcast. Uh, description and uh we'll probably have to talk again when you've got a little more time into this and hear how it goes yeah most definitely and i I look forward to uh uh working with you and uh the itech uh i can't get over that right now but the itech uh faculty and staff in uh uh in some way shape or form to uh promote or try to uh, be a mentor, uh, mentee type of relationship with uh, your guys' students. Awesome. Well, we appreciate that. Best of luck on your new endeavor, and I will be following <laughs> along with that. That's for certain. Alan, great to talk to you. Thank you very much. It's been awesome talking to you too. <laughs>